We have a great episode for you today. I've got Shelly here with me today. Again, Hi. This is a really cool one. I'm excited. This is a capital murder case. And this case was the lead story in the news. Okay. When it's capital murder case, does that mean death penalty or life in prison? Capital murder may be punishable by death. It involves murder plus some type of aggravating circumstance, such as a police officer being killed in the line of duty or rape and murder. So it has an aggravating circumstance to it. They are deciding whether they're going to execute this person. Oh, okay. This is as serious as it gets. Okay. So the news was showing the life flight helicopter picking up this woman, my client's wife. She was He wasn't my client yet. But okay. So on the news, they're picking this woman up from her work. She worked at an insurance company, and they are life lighting her to the hospital trying to save her. And she was pregnant. Ah. Uh. Yeah, serious. They do surgery. They try to save her. They can't. Do so, they save the baby? No. Oh. They couldn't save either one. Either one. Oh. So, which is why my client was facing capital murder because for capital you have to have more than one crime. So, in this case, there were two lives that were taken: the mom and the baby. The mom and the baby. Okay. So that elevated it so it could be capital murder. Oh, okay. Okay. That so makes sense. his attorneys were actually. Not big name attorneys, and usually I work for the big name guys because this, it's, his attorneys mean Bobby's. Bobby's, Bobby's attorneys. attorneys. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So Bobby was charged with murder, capital murder for this, and we'll, we'll get into all the details of it. But his attorneys, there are only a few lawyers in the state that are qualified to handle capital murder cases. Oh. So they had to put a special attorney on the case, and he was not a big name attorney. Okay. And he was fairly new to capital murder. I'm not sure exactly the process they have to go through to qualify for it. But okay. he was one in Davis County that was qualified for this. Okay. So after this happened, he called the big name guy, Jack, that I usually work with. And he oh, said, gotcha. hey, okay. I've got this capital murder case. I need an investigator. And Jack said, you need Pamela. So I started working on the case. Usually when I get a case, I get on it sometimes a month into the case sometimes a week or two later. In this case, it was so fast. I first met Bobby a day or two days after the murder. Oh, wow. And I was really fascinated to see, how is it going to feel different It right after the fact? Is it going to feel any different? Mm -hmm. And I got to the jail. So they brought me into the jail to meet with him. And it was a contact visit, meaning we are like sitting across like you and I are sitting across from one another. It's, okay. So it, and, it, and this is a murder case, and I don't know, is this guy crazy? Yeah. Is he violent? Did everyone, women, like what? what is the situation here? Is he or, chained? Is so he they had him handcuffed, shackled, and chained. To a table? Nope. Just, just in a chair? Like he, so he walked in the room. I've never been in this room in the jail before. Okay. I don't know why they put us in this room. It was almost like a room they usually used as an office and they let us be in there. It was really, really unique. Usually I meet with clients and there's a professional visit room. So in this office there was like a, well, like a table, not a desk, okay. and some chairs. And because he was shackled and chained, he when they came into the room, the guard pulled the chair out for him 
and the room had some windows because it was like I say it was like sure. an office or something for them. It was deep in the jail. Does it is there always an officer in the room with you? No. They have to leave because our client, conversation is privileged. Client privilege. Yeah. So oh. so I'm alone with this guy okay. and there was a little bit of hesitation on my part sure. like a little anxiety. Yeah, a little bit because I'm like I don't know. I've seen this in the news and I know what he'd done. So he had killed his ex-wife. Okay. And so, you know, she had a protective order against him. So here is a big lesson from a private investigator. Here's my private eye lesson for you. Tip number one. Tip number (laughs) one. Don't trust a protective order to protect you from bullets. A protective order is a piece of paper that the judge gives telling them, this person can't come within 100 feet or 500 feet of you. And the sad part of the way the world works is the only way they can arrest you is if you violate that order. Well, sometimes when you violate the order, it's too late. So so I, if I got a protective order, I feel safe because the police have said I, I'm safe because I have this paper. But yeah. technically... I can put the paper up, but it's not like Superman. It's not going to stop. It's I not going to stop yeah. a bullet. Yeah. It is oh, not going to stop Louise. a bullet. And that, oh. yeah, Bobby shot her. Yes. Okay. In this case, so what happened was Bobby had been married to this woman, and it was his sixth marriage. Ooh. Some women had complained that he had been in some domestic violence, but I couldn't find domestic violence on his record. Okay. But what was curious to me is if you're married five other times... Why, why now, why kill your sixth wife? You've been through this drill before. Right. You've been married, you've lost the marriage. Why was this one was so difficult? So the guard brings him into me. I have one quick question. When you're sitting down with him and you've already talked to the attorney, do you have specific questions that you're going to ask him? Or do you kind of start one question and then follow where the story goes? What I do is... Mm-hmm. where I just start by saying, how did you get here? Perfect. Okay. And I mean that like, how did you get in this place in your life that you did something so horrible that, that now you're, you're in jail? Okay. And when they brought Bobby into me, and I think in our minds it's really easy for us if we, when we think of a murderer, if we think of them as being scary looking mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. unattractive uh-huh. and they Bob, look evil. They look evil. Yes. It would really help us mm-hmm. if they look evil. Mm-hmm. And Bobby walked in, and my first impression, he was about 6'1", masculine guy, big, not heavy, but built built nicely. Mm-hmm. Like, not that he, he didn't exercise so much. It's just he, he was at a nice physique, mm-hmm. and he had movie star good looks. Oh, very handsome. It, I was shocked. Okay. He was so handsome. He looked like Mel Gibson. Oh, wow. Okay. He had dark hair, tall, mm-hmm. dark, handsome guy, beautiful blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And I love blue eyes and dark hair. Mm-hmm. It was shocking to me. So that was my first impression. I was just shocked because okay. he really was good looking. And there was just some darkness that I felt with him. It was so dark. What He started telling me what like happened. Was it like his energy felt his dark? His energy was dark. So dark. Okay. Yeah. There was just like... I, I don't know if I'd go as far, so far to say that I, I didn't feel like he was evil, but there was darkness in okay. him. Okay. And I didn't know if 
that's who he always was, or if this just happened and that's why he killed her, or when you kill someone, then do you have darkness? I don't know. True. Having never met him, here he is, and this is what I have to deal with, and we got to sort through it. So as I started to learn about him from him, like, okay, so tell me, how did you get here? What I learned was they'd been married for a few years. She had children from a previous spouse, and she'd been married a few times also. Okay. And she had kids from a couple different fathers. And then she marries Bobby, and Bobby had an alcohol problem. Alcoholism, almost every single case I have, it is very surprising if alcohol or drugs are not related at some point or another involved in the case. Seriously? Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. In one way or another, they are altering. And maybe it's that people that are really emotionally troubled turn to that. Mm -hmm. Or maybe people that are using that are emotionally troubled or both. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But which it's, way it comes. Yeah, I'm not sure which comes first, but they're almost always connected. It's very rare that, that, that I don't have that. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. So in the fall of that year, he and Susan had gone to the state fair to have a great time. Bobby got really drunk, and when he got drunk, he was belligerent. Okay. And here she is at the fair with him. He was being a total jerk. Were the kids with them? No. Nope. Did they have okay, no kids. No kids just the there. Two just of them. the two of them. Okay. And she got so upset that she left him at the fair. And when okay. I say she left him, I mean she got in the car. She got in him. the car and left him and left left him. Like she's like, I'm done with you. Like loaded this up. This is a, it. A I'm, suitcase. I'm moving I'm, out. I'm I don't want to be married to you anymore. I've wow. had enough of you. Okay. Bobby was devastated, so he went to rehab oh. and got cleaned up. And he thought, okay, now I'm clean. I can come back to Susan. We can work this out. And when he went back to her, Susan was like, hey, I found someone else. I'm not interested. And I'm with this new guy. His name is Don, and Don is fabulous and wonderful, and he's such a good guy to my kids. I'm done with you. Now, were they divorced, or had they just separated? They were divorced. She got it done quickly. He, okay. She served him papers while he was in rehab. rehab. And he didn't want the divorce, but he signed it and thought, I will I'll, get her I'll, back when I'll I'm clean. Him. Exactly. I'm going to oh, clean up. Okay. I'm going to show her like I can do this. Okay. As winter approaches, he's still trying to win her over. She doesn't want anything to do with him. She's hanging around with Don all the time. Interesting for me, I'm a musician, and I have a band and play all the time. Sure. I was getting ready. I was the opener for a big country music concert. I was opening for Kenny Chesney. Oh, wow. So at the same time this stuff was happening, I had like this side. So I've got this part of my life that's really tense and extreme, but I'm also getting ready for one of the biggest shows of my music life. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited about it. And we're having rehearsals and we're starting to play some gigs at Mm -hmm. clubs just to practice my set that we were going to do for the Chesney show. So this guy that killed his wife tells me, hey, I went to sing karaoke. And I thought, what? It just didn't jive. With, again, with the again image. With, yeah, with You're sitting image. with a, a guy that just murdered that seems really dark. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's like, yeah, but I sing karaoke I sing, And I said, like, you go to karaoke bars and you drink. And he's like, no, I wasn't drinking at that time. I was sober, but I still, like, that was my favorite thing to do. So I'd get friends I'd call my buddy and be like, hey, let's go sing karaoke. And I just laughed. I was like, okay, what do you sing? 
I wanted to know literally, like, tell me what song you sing. Right. And right. he said, I like to sing Garth Brooks. And I was like, what? I'm opening for Kenny Chesney this year. I do country music. I yeah. play and sing. I've got a band. And uh-huh. He's like, oh, yeah, like, my favorite song is If Tomorrow Never Comes by Garth Brooks. And, in fact, he sang that. He was at a club to sing karaoke. And Susan came in with Dawn. And so he went and sang If Tomorrow Never Comes for Susan because that was like, like a so, dedicated song yes, to her. Yeah. He didn't say it out loud that it is dedicated to her, but she knew. Right. She knew. Of you course. know when you have like sure, you're with connection. someone you're, and like yeah. this you is our song. This you know, is yeah. Right. So is that kind of weird that he's singing in a karaoke bar and she brings her new boyfriend in? Yeah. Okay. Because and he said I'd always gone to this bar. And so <laughs> yeah, of course I'm gonna be there. For me personally, I think she knew he was going to be there and she was bringing Dawn to rub it in. I'm with this guy now. like, uh-huh. And he's a cool guy. And yeah. He's nice. Yeah. Okay. As Bobby's leaving, well, he actually wasn't going to just leave. Dawn came over and told him, you're singing here and you shouldn't be here. We don't want you here. Susan doesn't want to see you. Like, get out. I'm going to kick your ass. And I'm a black belt in, I think it was karate. That he said he was a black belt and he was and and he said like I I can hurt you and even though Bobby was like a big masculine guy I don't think he was a fighter okay and this really scared him so he left the club and the next thing he knows Susan has filed for a protective order against him well to request a protective order. If you have a relationship with someone, you were married to them, it's almost a no-brainer that a judge will grant this. Oh, okay. Pretty easy to get. They're pretty easy to get. If there's, okay. If you have any kind of reason that you're concerned, it's pretty easy to, to convince a judge that we should do this. Oh, okay. Bobby was so scared about the threats that Don made as he left the club. Bobby took it very seriously. And now the protective order's in place, and they had chosen exactly where to go. Like, I'll take this restaurant, and you go... To this restaurant. You, yeah. So they, Almost like you're dividing up the town. Exactly. Oh, like interesting. That. So did Susan choose the bar that he likes to sing karaoke in? He got the bar. Okay. So he was supposed to be there. He was okay there. And then he went to another bar, I think maybe on purpose, that neither one of them had chosen, and... They were both there again. Again. And Don confronts him again. Now the protective order's in place. And again, Don tells him, hey, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to mess you up. I've got all these black belts. I'm a black belt. I can do this. And I don't know if that was even true or not, but Bobby said it was true. He believed it. Bobby went the next day to get a gun to protect himself from Don. Okay. Now, when you have a protective order in place, you should not be able to get a gun. If you have a protective order against someone, the person that it's against, the person should not that be able to. Correct. Okay. Yes. But Susan, if she chose, she could. Go she get could one go get a gun because it's not against right. Her. It's not okay. against her, but okay. he has a protective order against him. So, and he goes to a pawn shop. Okay. That supposedly <laughs> they ran the. Three-day? Background check. Mm-hmm. No, there was no three-day thing. There oh. should have been. There are a lot of places in this case that I'm going to tell you that it's like a movie that you think, 
oh no, don't do that. Like you can see, this shouldn't have happened. This shouldn't have happened. Like the gun. Like the gun. So the pawn shop owner, when he ran the background, had he done this properly, he would have told Bobby, I can't sell you a gun. Yeah, it's a pawn shop. It's not a gun shop, but But most guns actually are purchased from Mm pawns. Sure. Had he followed the law correctly, he would have seen that there was a protective order against Bobby and said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to clear that issue up. Then I can issue you a gun. Okay. Instead, gives Bobby the gun. Bobby puts the gun in the trunk of his car just for safety in case he ever has another confrontation with Don because he's afraid Don is going to kick his ass. So now he has a gun. So with the protective order, does Bobby have an attorney he's been working with through this divorce and through the protective order and everything? Did he ever contact his attorney and say, I'm worried, Don keeps threatening to kick my ass. He never did. I'm gonna buy this gun. He talked to friends about it. He told friends, but no, he never never called an attorney or anything else. Bobby worked as a car salesman. As this process would go on, as I got to know Bobby better, Mm -hmm. and about two weeks after my first meeting with him, Mm -hmm. each time I would continue to go to the jail because I'd have to Find more information. Prepare for the case and tell sure. me this and tell me I have this question. And as time went on, it was only about two weeks later that I realized that dark energy that I had felt before was gone. I didn't oh. feel that anymore. I had thought it was just who he was. It was this dark, angry guy. Two weeks later, I was stunned. He, it was like just a normal guy. And when you hear how this all comes down, it will you'll understand even more. Okay. Yeah, he's probably pretty bad at relationships, but... Yeah, well, six marriages. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Okay, so from the state fair to having the divorce to the protective order to buying a gun, what's our time frame looking? Is that like a year, six months, a so, couple of weeks? So the state fair happened in September. Okay. Uh... The protective order happens the beginning of December. Okay. He buys the gun <coughs> days after that. Okay. Uh, about he, he gets the gun maybe a week after the protective order. Okay. They get through the holidays. Bobby's sad, devastated, he says, by the divorce, which, again, I'm like, you've done this five other times. Why does this one hurt so much? Right. And he said, I really loved her. And I really thought we could make this. I was going to make this one work. This was, and yeah, I screwed up, but I, I was sober now. And so he actually worked at a well-known used car dealership. Bobby? Bobby did. And now we get into January and Bobby says that Susan started calling him at work and saying, hey, I don't really want to be with Don. The only reason I'm with Don is because like he helps pay my bills and like, I, I, I want to see you. Let's go to lunch. Please, can we go to lunch? So when that happens, what happens to the protective order? <laughs> it's such a great question. He said, I can't meet you for lunch. There's a protective order against me. You put it there. Right. If I go to lunch, I violate the protective order. I'm going order. to jail. Yeah. And she said, no, 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 no. I got rid of it. I got rid of it. It's done. I told them I don't need it anymore. It's done. And she was calling him at work. Pretty not regular? just Oh, like every day. Oh, wow. And she, he agrees to meet her for lunch. They go to lunch. They went to lunch at Marie Callender's. Okay. Now, I know all of this because I literally went and got, I had the receipt from lunch. I looked at where did they sit. 
talk to the waitress. So they go to lunch, the whole time at lunch. She's telling him, Bobby, I still love you. I really want to be with you. The only reason I'm with Don is that he pays my bills. And if you would help me financially, I would leave him. It's just that I just need the security. When they were married, she had that security. Because yeah, he was helping. And yeah. taking care of things. And now this side is not as strong as maybe Apparently she thought not. financially. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, wait, are you kidding me? Like, it's just money? That's the only thing that's keeping you with him? And not, I'll, I can give you money. Let's go. So they finish up lunch. He, buy, he pays for lunch. I talked to the waitress and asked, like, where did they sit? Did you notice anything? Did she seem scared to be mm-hmm. with him? And, and she said, no, I just thought that they were like a couple <laughs> just having lunch. It didn't feel like there was tension or everything just felt fine. It, she said it wasn't like a business lunch. It wasn't like they were taking notes or anything yeah. like that. They was This was a relationship. On the way home from Marie Callender's, he stops at the bank. Again, I know this because we get the receipt. I verified all of this. Okay. He stops and withdraws $1,000 from his account. Hands Susan a 1000 bucks, and he says, here you go, will this help? And she said, oh yeah, I'm gonna tell Don tonight that I am leaving him, I'm done. And Bobby is so excited. He's like, are you serious? Like, okay, this is great, I'll be, He's uh, been I'll, waiting for yeah, this. Waiting. Went through rehab for her. Yeah. That's in his mind. He's like, I've been waiting for this day. Exactly. Wow. So he is so excited. He's home waiting by his phone. He waits and waits and waits. And he doesn't dare call her because he thinks, oh, she's probably telling him. Sure. And he's fighting. Like, they're probably arguing about this, fighting about it. And I don't want to make things worse than they are. So I won't interfere. I'll just wait. All night, she doesn't call. The next day, she calls him and she says, hey, I didn't dare tell Don. I was too scared. I'm gonna tell him tonight. And when she called him, she'd call him at work. Okay. Is there a record of yep. her calling him? Yep, okay. I talked to the receptionist at the work and she said, oh yeah, Susan would call all the time. Okay. Everything he's, I'm finding that what he's telling me about these things are true. Okay. So she calls him the next day. And now that's, lunch was on a Wednesday expecting her Wednesday night. Thursday, she calls and says, I chickened out. I didn't dare tell him. I'm going to tell him tonight. Thursday night, he's home waiting again. Nothing. Nothing. No call. He doesn't even dare text. He's like, uh, so he just waits and waits. Friday, he calls her. He's like, hey, Susan, what's the deal? Yeah, why am I not hearing from Yeah, and she said, I was just scared. I was too scared. I chickened out again, but for sure I'm telling him tonight. Then Saturday comes and the police show up at his work. Not just one officer, four officers. And the reason for that is- On Saturday? On on Saturday. Okay. And the reason for that is, if you have violated protective order, you're going to jail. And if they're gonna take someone to jail, they want more than one officer. So they showed up with four officers to take him. They're like, hey, we know you violated the protective order because you've been in contact. You've called her, you've been in contact with her. And he said, she asked me to go to lunch. She told me that she had removed the protective order. I thought I was free to do that. She's been calling me. He said, you can ask the receptionist here. She's the one that takes all the phone calls. So they do. The one time I don't want the police to do their investigation, they do. Okay. Because really, had they just arrested him 
he probably would have gone to jail and cooled off. Nothing, things would have been different. Right, you just been in for 24, 48 hours. Yeah, out and thought, okay, I've been played. Yep, exactly. Did they talk to the receptionist? They talked to the receptionist and they said, hey, he says that she's been calling him. And she said, oh yeah, Susan calls all the time. And being reasonable guys, the police did not arrest him. They're like, okay, we we'll okay. see that this is Yeah, this is her off. reaching mm-hmm. out. Okay, we're not going to arrest you, but you need to stay away from her. So by Saturday night, he's really, really getting pissed because... Wait a minute, because the only reason they would come for violation of the protective order is if she said he, he right. violated. She promised it was over, begged to meet him, needed money, and then she was going to break up, and he's been played. He's been played for and, a thousand bucks. And then, and then, as soon as she he calls her, magically the police call. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, I'd been mad too. Yep. He was yeah. not killing mad, but I'm. <laughs> yeah, who yeah. wouldn't be? Right, you just got played. played. Yeah, you totally got played emotionally and yep. monetarily. Yes, he's so upset. He's so distraught. By Sunday, he actually calls Susan's dad, and he says, "Hey, look, I she totally played me. I am so angry about this. I really just wanted her back." Susan's dad says, "Hey, you know what, Bobby? Just move on. Walk away from her." Yeah. Just walk away from this. She's with Dawn now. I don't know what her situation is. She's in and out of relationship. This is just another one. Just move on. You've had other marriages. She's had other marriages. I'm sorry this happened this way, but move on. How did Bobby feel? Did he feel like he'd been heard? Or does he feel like he just got brushed off? He felt like he got brushed off. He thought the dad would say, that's so wrong of my daughter to do that. Let me talk to her because I like Bobby. And he really was hoping that that he would like step up for him. Sure. So Monday comes around, Monday morning, and it is Martin Luther King Day. Okay. It's a holiday. Sure. Most people are not working. The car dealership was working. Mm -hmm. He had a work meeting. Verified this with other people in the meeting. He was there, present, but not present. Sure. It was like... Physically? Yeah. Physically, mentally, not there at all. Okay. Very much not there. Bobby's sitting in the meeting, freaking himself out. You know how we do? We all do it. I do. We amp ourselves up. We just, like, Mm -hmm. I got played. Like, how Uh can she do this to me? How can this person... And you just turn it and turn it. And it gets bigger and worse. And it just Mm -hmm. festers. And you just keep picking at it. I do. Where his meeting was and where the office was actually down the road. They had... The dealership had... Two locations. Okay. And where the meeting was on Monday morning of Martin Luther King Day, it was down the road from where he usually worked on the used car lot. Okay. It was at the new car store. Okay. And her work at the insurance company was in the middle. Okay. So he leaves the meeting and he decides, you know what, I'm just going to stop by and ask Susan. What, what the hell yeah. are you doing? What are you yeah. Like, he's pissed. He wants... Yeah. He'd been calling her. And he hasn't heard from her and he, since. And she wouldn't take his calls anymore. Oh, okay. Because, see, he kept calling, like, that Friday, and then she wouldn't answer Friday afternoon, and then now he's realizing, like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, I so got played. Then the police showed up to really rub salt mm-hmm. in it, because not only did I get played, but I'm probably going to jail. Like, mm-hmm. what? Are you kidding? So he's furious. So he decides, I'm just going to stop and confront her. Uh, it's early in the morning. It's not not early, but to me, 
Robinson doesn't seem like a murder should later in the day. Like you don't just like wake up in the morning and be night, so mad. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, like how do you wake up in the morning? Well, you do because he didn't sleep all night. Gotcha. Because he had churned and churning churned and churning. Churned. He was letting it make himself crazy. He stops by her office. She was the only one in the office first thing. It's like... Like 8, 9 a.m.? No, it's like 9.30, 9.45. But she was the only one at the office at the time. And he doesn't take the gun in. He wasn't planning... He didn't say, like, I'm going to go kill her. Oh, okay. He walked in the office to say... And he said, hey, the police showed up. What are you doing? You totally played me. Now, he says that she laughed. And she's like, yeah, I did. What are you going to do about it? He was like, Susan, like, how could, like, how, what are you th- doing? Yeah, he's yelling. He's I upset. I love you. I thought we yeah. were, yeah. Yeah, he's freaking out. She picks up the phone. Now, we know this is true. She picks up the phone. She, because the phone was off. And she said, not only did I do it, but I'm calling the cops right now. You're going to jail. You violated the protective order. Bobby freaks out. Mm-hmm. He goes out to the car. Now, she didn't call 911. She picked up the phone. We know she didn't dial it. Now, that doesn't mean she hadn't started. I don't know if she dialed like 9, 1. I mean, it only takes a second to dial 911. So because of that, it makes me think, once again, she was conning him. She was Saying, she I'm was going playing. to call it. When he stepped out, I'm just going to hang up the phone. Right. Right. So, but what she doesn't realize is, he is now so pissed off. He is over the edge. He is way edge. over the way, way, way over the edge. Here's another private eye tip for Number you. Number two. Number two. Okay. <laughs> Here's my second tip in this episode. I see this in almost every single murder case that I have. Okay. It's so easy for us as society to look at the person that pulled the trigger or stabbed them or did the horrible thing and say, that person is horrible. They're awful. Mm-hmm. They're crazy to get to that point. But when I am on the inside and I hear about what's happening in the case, right? what I see is it's very mutual. It is usually kind of a dance that they've been playing for a long time. They go back and forth with each other. Because when you know how it is when you're in a relationship, sure. you know how to push their yep, buttons. Absolutely. You know I what to say. I also know how to calm you down. Right. Right. You, yeah. could, you can go either way. Right. And I think to her... She was pushing his buttons, playing the game, thinking mm-hmm. he's playing the game like we've always done. Right. This is just this How is we what do. we do. This is what we do. But so often it's the women that I see don't realize I pushed it too far this time. I've gone too far because So it, is that your tip pushes, number two? That is my tip. Please be aware of how far we're pushing someone. I know we're mad, mm-hmm. but these are real emotions. Right. These are real lives, real people. I am not saying that Susan deserved what, no, what comes no. next by any means. But do I believe she had responsibility in it getting to this point? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think up until the next step, she was equally involved in escalating this to the point that it went way, way bad. Gotcha. Crazy. Yeah. So this is where we're going to break for part one. Listen to part two to hear the end of Bobby. Thank you for listening to Pamela Private Eye.